Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, June 16th, 2023. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. And I'm Tell Me on a Sunday podcast, Kathleen Turner's Grace <laughs> You're a little, little horse. You had a very busy week, Grace. I imagine a lot of this comes from the Tony Awards and subsequent parties, uh, but you've had a busy week after that. So we'll, we'll have you chime in. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of news today. So we'll have you pick your spots so we don't uh, overtax your voice, but I appreciate you being here nonetheless. So coming up in the podcast feeds over the weekend, it'll actually come out first in Patreon on Friday evening and then on Saturday in the regular feed. I had an interview with the iconic Tony winner, John Rubenstein. And to be quite honest with you, I was a little taken aback by this interview because it went like a normal, you know, really good interview went. And then at the end, we were kind of wrapping up and I told him that... Uh, I was such a big fan uh, of his and had been for a long time since I first heard, heard the original cast recording for Pippin. And then he followed up, Grace, with something I know you've heard before because you and I have talked about it. F and I have talked about it as well. I was a little taken aback when he said, well, I'm such a big fan of yours. I listen to Broadway radio almost every day. I was unprepared for that. And you can hear me babbling through a response to kind of compose myself. But if you want to hear that first, you can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio, Broadway radio.com slash Patreon. All right. We're going to get into the news. Unfortunately, we do have to start with some sad news, as I'm sure most people listening to this already know the absolutely legendary two-time Oscar winner and Tony winner, as well as member of parliament, Glenda Jackson has died at the age of 87. She died at her home in Southeast London following what was described as a brief illness. I think depending on who you are, what your interests are, where you're from, what your age is, you know, Glenda Jackson from many, many different things. She had an unbelievable run in film in the early to mid seventies. She was nominated for four Academy Awards from 1970 to 1975, winning two first in 1970 for women in love. And then in 1973 for a touch of class. She's also a three time Emmy winner, two for the primetime Emmys here in the U S and once in the international Emmys, she has been nominated for five Tony awards and finally won in 2018 for Three Tall Women, which was just an absolutely devastating and incredible production. And she, of course, was tremendous. She made her final appearance on Broadway in 2019, just the season after Three Tall Women, in which she played the title character in King Lear. In the early 90s, she retired from acting to dedicate herself to politics full time. And she was a member of the British Parliament, literally a member of the British Parliament, from 1992 until 2015. Uh, she also served as the Parliamentary Undersecretary of State for Transport for a couple years in the late 90s. I don't know how much more you can get iconic than that, to have all of that acclaim and success and recognition and respect in a chosen field, especially one as high profile as as acting both on stage and screen, and then to go and be a literal member of parliament for over two decades. So I am so grateful that I got to see her in Three Tall Women to to almost check that off the bucket list, Grace, to be able to say that I've seen her on stage and it was an electric performance. But obviously many people around the world who know her from very different and disparate things um, were very saddened by the news today on Thursday. All right. So, of course, as always, our thoughts go out to everybody who is thinking of her both personally and professionally. All right, Grace, let's get into all of this news. And there is 
a ton of it. Uh, and let's start off with something that we actually got late on Wednesday, and that is a report from Philip Boroff in the Broadway Journal. It is an exclusive. I mean, we all knew it was coming eventually, but he has it confirmed apparently by two people familiar with the production, and that is that the West End Olivier-winning revival of Cabaret will be coming to Broadway in this season. It is currently, according to this report, slated to begin performances in March ahead of an April opening of 2024, of course, and the uber-talented Eddie Redmayne, who won an Olivier for playing the MC in that production, will transfer with it. Unfortunately, his Sally Bowles, who also won an Olivier, uh, Jesse Buckley, will not be associated with the transfer. Uh, no other casting has been rumored or reported to this point, although I feel like you and I, and, and I know Ashley and I have theorized about who would be good for that. There's been a ton of stars to do it over in the West End, so maybe one of them will come as well. I did a little bit of digging. Nobody seems to know anything on the Sally front. Um, this pr production originated as being produced by the Ambassador Theatre Group over in London, as, uh, as well as Underbelly Productions. When it transfers, it will, of course, still be produced by ATG. What's interesting is, is that ATG has uh, a couple of theaters that are completely occupied at this point on Broadway, but they have recently merged with Jujamson. The only theater that is not currently spoken for in the spring of next year that is owned by either ATG or Jujamson is the August Wilson Theater. Currently playing at the August Wilson is Funny Girl that is scheduled to close just on Labor Day weekend. So that means that they can either leave that theater empty during the holidays or they can have something come in for a short amount of time in the fall and go into January. So there's still plenty of time to get uh, the August Wilson in Kit Kat Club condition for the spring. Uh, so I would imagine unless something really huge happens with either Moulin Rouge or Book of Mormon or Cursed Child or, you know, one of the other theaters uh, that they own or Town, I guess, is, is in there, too, or the Hudson, which already has Merrily and, and everything kind of set up there. Uh, I would imagine it'll end up at the August Wilson Grace. But do you have any thoughts on who would be your ideal Sally Bowles for this production? Do, remind me, did you see it? No, you're, gonna, you're no, going to see I'm it. No, I'm set to see it. I'm set yes, to see right. it. With uh, Mason. Yes, who's uh, Mason uh, Alexander Park is currently playing the MC over in London, and I will have to see them. Uh, and I, will I sell a kidney to make sure that I can see it? Um, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, so I, I, I'm excited to see it in London. Um, but yeah, I, I had a lot of hopeful theories. I have no idea if any of it will, will come uh, to light. But my first instinct when I heard like the rumors of it coming uh, was I instantaneously said Zendaya should be Sally Bowles. Oh, Jesus. She like I, I could not think of a more perfect person, but I'm sure whoever as it will get cast in that role um, will slay. Uh, but that was my first instinct was I, I, I want someone who has that young incredible triple threat level that also exceeds yeah yes um and and you know a theater kid uh greatest showman like literally she's so iconic um of course i would want tom holland as well to to play her opposite of course um but yeah so i i think that there's a lot of potential i think what, what's interesting about the role of sally bowles is that nine times out of ten whenever sally bowles gets announced people either go oh that is perfect and then half the people go, 
we'll see, we'll see. And then they blow it out of the park. Like they're incredible, right? So I have full faith that this production is going to be able to find the right move, um, especially for New York audiences, knowing that Eddie Redmayne is going to be attached. I think it's really important to pick a Sally Bowles that can counter that in like a really exciting, new, fun way um, over here in the States. So I'm, I'm thrilled to see whatever happens. You know, um, I've been excited for this potential for a long time. So I'm glad that it is happening. I'm so eager. I'm so eager. If any of you all have great Sally Bowles ideas, uh, please tweet us because I, I want to hear them all. Um, I might d- disagree or agree, but you'll never know. <laughs> so I want to see them. Well, uh, two things about your Zendaya uh, suggestion. One Will you be seeing her Euphoria castmate Maud Apatow? You know I will. I will. There'll be a Euphoria <laughs> connection there. But then like Eddie Redmayne as the MC, Zendaya as Sally Bowles. I mean, Tom Holland as Cliff could work. Um, I mean, um, I mean, I don't think it's I mean, listen, she's probably filming a million things. <laughs> yeah, but that would be brilliant. I love that. I had not thought of that, but I am absolutely on board for that dream casting because she's got to come to Broadway at some point. Like she's too. It's got to be the perfect role, and I feel like this one is the perfect role. But it also has to work with her schedule because she's on fire and can do anything she wants right now. So we'll see. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's move on. There is still a ton of more Broadway news, so we're going to knock this out as quickly as possible. But Grace, if I don't pitch to you, and there is something you want to discuss, I feel like you might want to discuss this one a little bit because I know you're working on it. But we will get into that here in a second. But yesterday we got more details about the first ever Broadway revival of Ossie Davis's Pearly Victorious colon, a non-Confederate romp through the cotton patch. We already knew that Tony winner Leslie Odom Jr. would be playing the title role. Now we know more details. First, it will be coming to the Music Box Theater this fall, beginning previews on September 7th. The show is currently on sale through February 4th. None of the press releases say limited run. So, Grace, you might know more about that, whether you're not allowed to say that or not. So I don't know if this is a limited run or that's just the first block of tickets. But nonetheless, Music Box this September. But... Joining Leslie Odom Jr. in this cast, we have Vanessa Bell Calloway, Billy Eugene Jones, who you can currently see on Broadway in Fat Ham as Rev slash Pap. Also in the cast, we have Noah Pizek, J.O. Sanders, uh, Noah Robbins, Heather Alicia Sims, Bill Timoney, and the one who we've all been waiting for from this announcement, Kara Young, will be playing Ludie Bell. If you're familiar with the musical version of Pearly, this is the same role that Melba Moore won a Tony for. She sang the song, I Got Love. I Got Love. Yeah, same character, obviously different shows because that was the musical version of this. But what an absolutely dynamite cast. You get Billy Eugene Jones straight off of Fat Ham. You've got J.O. Sanders, who is currently off-Broadway in Primary Trust um, uh, from Roundabout Theater Company. Noah Robbins, who has done a ton of Broadway stuff. But then you throw in Carrie Young on top of that. Like, this is... Potentially an absolutely dynamite cast of a show that we just don't get to see nearly enough. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I I knew that things were were in, you know, like talks for a long time and I was really excited about it. Had no idea about the rest of the cast. So um, getting to find out along with the world about Kara Young being involved and knowing that I will potentially get to work on a Kara Young production uh, brings me a lot of joy. So um, I'm really excited for this. I know that it's a work that has not been uh, like you said, you know, it's the first Broadway revival of this play. 
um, that's super important and has obviously like impacted Pearly and all of that. So um, yeah, I'm really excited. I don't know in terms of like the limited or, you know, open-ended, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so I'm excited to to be a part of, and also like Kenny Leon, like continuing to be in every single Broadway season is culturally important to me. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited for this. All right, so let's keep going with the Broadway announcements. We got an absolutely dynamite set of three shows that were announced from Second Stage, two of them on Broadway, one of them off-Broadway. We will start off-Broadway at the Tony Kaiser Theater with the world premiere of Jen Silverman's new play, Spain. It is going to be directed by Tyne Raffaelli. It'll begin performances in November. Um, I'll, we're running long. We've still got more news. You can read more about it in the plot description in the show notes. But two Broadway shows that have been announced for second stage coming up, starting in November with an opening day in December, will be the Broadway premiere for playwright Brandon Jacobs Jenkins, which is absolutely mind-boggling to me. It'll be his play Appropriate, directed by Lila Neugebauer. This show was supposed to be part of Signature's off-Broadway season this year. They took it off the schedule and replaced it with Jacob Jenkins's The Comeuppance, which is currently still running and has been extended. Obviously, we now make sense why they made the change there, because it is coming to Broadway instead, obviously with a different not-for-profit theater. But how we could have seen an Octoroon however many years ago, a decade ago, 15 years ago, whatever it was, and this is Brandon's first time on Broadway, is an absolute failure and just goes to show you how backwards a lot of Broadway is, but very appreciative to second stage to finally get one of his shows on Broadway. So then coming into the spring and in the very like Tony heavy slot will be a new play. It's currently untitled. We don't know what it's called yet, but it'll be a new play by Paula Vogel and directed by Tina Landau. It'll begin performances in March and it will open in April. I mean, Paula Vogel, Brandon Jacobs Jenkins and Jen Silverman Grace. That is like, that's what you should be doing if you are programming a season, both Broadway and on Broadway. Couldn't agree with you more. As soon as I saw Paula Vogel's face pop up in my news feed today, I freaked out. Um, yes. I literally good friend cannot of yours. wait for that. Good, good friend. We've literally met twice and it was for 13 seconds. And I think um, Nina at the press room for making sure that I got to uh, be in her always. proximity. Yeah, always um, thank so, Nina yeah, for everything. Always thanking Nina. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm thrilled to see this again, like, through the Vineyard Theater Company and like her work with like the, you know, the the new, uh, you know, emerging playwrights, I think it's a testament to like not only her body of work, but also her impact on playwrights in general, the way that um, people were so thrilled to see her, uh, you know, having another um, debut this season. So um, I'm, I'm really pumped for the collaboration between Tina Landau and her. Um, this is going to be fascinating. And um, watch this space because I will be talking about it. <laughs> Yeah. More news. Uh, this one is something that I just assumed was going to happen. But yesterday it was confirmed that Sierra Bogus will reprise her role of Mary in the Broadway production of Harmony when it begins performances at the Barrymore Theater on October 18th. She'd previously played the role in the off-Broadway production last year as well. Briefly moving away from the show and casting news to talk about a couple things that are a little bit more businessy. But yesterday it was announced by the Board of Trustees for the Entertainment Community Fund, formerly the Actors Fund that 
Tony and Oscar nominee Annette Benning has been named the new chair of the board. She succeeds the incomparable Brian Stokes Mitchell, who has been in that role since 2004 and had previously announced that he was going to be stepping down. Uh, Annette Benning had been on the board since 2010 and had been appointed vice chair back in 2016. So she will take over the incredible work that Stokes has done for nearly two decades. In less exciting business news, we got absolutely devastating, an absolutely devastating announcement from the Center Theater Group out in Los Angeles. They announced via a statement on Thursday that they were basically shutting down for the 2023-2024 season as soon as the current world premiere of Transparent the Musical wraps up later this month. They will pause their programming presumably for the entire 2023-2024 season. That means that they will be postponing the world premiere of Fake It Until You Make It by Larissa Fast Horse. They will also be canceling the previously announced tour of Cambodian Rock Band by Lauren Yee. This all has to do with as they say, kind of the extraordinary difficulties that came out of the uh, COVID-19 pandemic. They have not been able to keep the revenue from ticket sales or the donations as high as they need to from the 2019 levels to stay operational. They are also going to be letting go 10% of their full-time staff. We've heard a lot of these stories during the pandemic and coming out of the pandemic, Grace, but it is absolutely devastating. The one thing that we can do is we can obviously hope that they are able to get things figured out and be able to return at some point in the future. But also, if you are able, if you are inclined to support your local regional theaters because they need it now more than ever, and um, things like this will continue to happen if they do not have the support, both by people buying tickets or supporting them with donations of some sort. Uh, And we're heartbroken for all the people who will be losing their jobs and for all of the artists who will not be able to have their work showcased this year. But Uh, Hopefully it will lead to bigger and better things in the future. All right, getting back to a little bit better news. We have two more shows that have been announced for uh, this coming 2023-2024 season, and these come from the Atlantic Theater Company. They are the first two productions in the season. The first will begin performances, I mean, in, in two months, August 18th. It is a new play by Annie Baker, Pulitzer Prize winner Annie Baker. It's called Infinite Life. It is directed by James McDonald. It has a phenomenal cast. Mary Louise Burke, Christine Nielsen is in there as well. Brenda Presley, Pete Simpson, and more. If you want to read more about that, check it out in the show notes. And then coming up in November, we will have the world premiere of the new musical Buena Vista Social Club, which has a book by Marco Ramirez and... Music by the Buena Vista Social Club. It is being choreographed by Patricia Delgado and Justin Peck and directed by Sahim Ali. And uh, David Yazbek is actually leading the music team for this production. And finally, in the news section, Grace, I I don't have a lot to talk about here, but they did announce all of the 2023 nominees for the Jimmy Awards. So I'll have a list of everybody in there if you want to check to see like who's representing you. I will just say, if I look at the... Kappa Marquee Awards, which is the awards for my hometown of Columbus, Ohio. There's a young woman named uh, Helena or Helena. I'm not sure. Helena, I think she played Belle in Beauty and the Beast at Olentangy High School, which is wonderful. But Christian Song is the boy representative, so to speak. He goes to Pickerington High School North. I went to Pickerington High School. There was only one high school when I went there. This is not the same building that I went to, but it's the school I would have gone to if there had been two schools when I went there. And the reason I point this out is in my suburb of Columbus, Ohio, 
obviously a fairly red state, Christian Strong won the Kappa Marquee Award for playing Lola in Kinky Boots. I am just, I have a lot of Pickerington pride, uh, one, seeing him represent the, the Central Ohio area, but just as much so that a theater program that I wasn't technically a part of, but would have been a part of, is doing Kinky Boots and having presumably many, many male students uh, in drag on stage at this point in time. Uh, I am very, very proud of that. And congratulations to everybody from Pickerton High School North for that production and Christian specifically. All right, let's get into a feel-good recommendation. And this is one that like I feel like every time he does something theatrical, we talk about, man, he's really good and I hope he does more. But the Lyric Opera of Chicago has released a clip of Ryan McCartan performing Something's Coming from West Side Story. <laughs> right? Literally, my friend is there last night and was telling me all about it. So I love this. <laughs> yeah, like he is uh, obviously playing Tony and Kanisha Marie Falciano is playing Maria. Uh, is currently running through June 25th. And he's he's like he's a theater kid. I mean, obviously, Heather's and Frozen, even uh, Rocky Horror on Fox. But I feel like we I think we underestimate him because like he was a Disney Channel kid and like people know him from that. And he has the huge following still on social media. He because was of a all Fiero, that. y'all. That's right. <laughs> Fiero as well. So it's like, dude is a, like this clip. It's only a minute and 48 seconds. So it's not like even the full song, but he's really good. Like that's a very, very hard song to sing. And he's tremendous. So like I like more Ryan McCartan, please, like producers. He has a following. He will get people interested in your show. And he's got the chops to do it. Matt, he's fine. <laughs> what do you mean? Like performance Matt, fine Matt, or like fine? No, I'm saying, I'm saying I don't think you have to hawk <laughs> him. I, th- I think he's uh, he's a pretty good showman. I'll say that. Yeah. OK, I, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this quite a bit. So, <laughs> oh, I do want to throw out there. Um, I do have a bit of a like a fun recommendation, like letting you all know some tea. So uh, last night I got to go to a really, really fun kind of meet and greet with some of the cast members of The Cottage. And um, I've gotten to meet the playwright, Sandy Rustin. It has been so much fun getting to know the people that are behind this presumably farce that's coming to Broadway. Um, Lily Cooper was there. Dana Steingold, Laura Bell Bundy, you're familiar. Um it, I am really, really pumped to see this show. Um, it was a lot of like my friend uh, Grace Walker was there. She's an, a fantastic dramaturg, TikToker. Um, you've got uh, tons of people in the industry that were um, getting to chat all about like the comedy that's in the show, what we stand to expect. Alex Moffat taught us how to blow up a whoopee cushion. There are no whoopee cushions in the show, but it was fun to see some old timey <laughs> funny bits. So I'm just throwing it out there. I had a really great time and I can't wait to see this one. It will be on my list for uh, August uh, when I'm there, when you and I go see Cowboy Mouth. This will also be one that I will definitely make sure to check out. All right, everybody, that is all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Grace, where can people find you? You can find me on all forms of social media and hopefully with a Ricola in my mouth at It's Grace Aki. I was going to say, go like go on vocal rest for the rest of the day or something. But um, have a wonderful weekend. Check out my interview with John Rubenstein. And of course, this week on Broadway on Sunday. Have a wonderful weekend. We'll be back to talk to you on Monday.